And that was The Smiths with a track called Last Night, I Dreamt Somebody Loved Me from the album Strange Ways, Here We Come. I'm David Eastall and this is The C86 Show. Once again, we'll be bringing you songs you know, some you don't and some you should because we can be travelling time, space and genre with the finest in indie pop in the golden decade. And as always, we'd like a special guest this week. It's the turn of Pauline Murray from Penetration. So expect the interviews scattered throughout the programme, plus songs from the band and the usual award-worthy playlist. And because we're feeling particularly excited towards Penetration, we thought we'd start with their classic Don't Dictate.
There you go, that's The Cult and um, Spirit Walker from their album Dreamtime that came out in 1984. And before that, that's, uh, yes, our special guest, that was Penetration. And that's the track called Don't Dictate from their um, 1978 album Moving Targets. This is David Eastall on the C86 show, bringing you the finest in indie pop. And this week's special guest is Pauline Murray from Penetration. So we'll be playing you probably three or four more tracks by the band. And I'll be bringing you the interview a little bit further on in the show. But because we've got a lot to cram in and only a little bit of time, I thought we should get on with the next song. This is a band, um, yeah. Yes, Chicks on Speed. I know, what a great name. And this is a song called We Don't Play Guitars. We always thought that we were not a rock and roll band, but it sure feels like rock and roll over here tonight.
from Manchester yes that is a new order and the track called Temptation 
And I was just doing a little bit of research there because I like to keep abreast of all these things and um, realise that came out in 1982, the year before they released Blue Monday. And before that, we had a bit of electro pop on K Records. Yes, Chicks on Speed and the track called We Don't Play Guitars. This is David Eastall on the C86 Show. And if you want to contact me, we always love your messages. You can via Twitter or Facebook. Just go to at C86 Show and I'll be there hopefully I'll be able to reply within a day. But uh, yes, we always do love your messages. And uh, as I said earlier, and I hope you were paying attention, this week's special guest, because I caught up with her recently, was um, Pauline Murray. Yes, Pauline Murray. I hope that's the one and not Pauline Black. Yes, I am saying the right one, aren't I? I know you get to my age and you get completely confused. But um, yes, Pauline Murray from Penetration. And uh, I've got that interview in, um, yes, probably in about 10 minutes' time. But before that, I thought we should play another track from the band. This is Life's a Gamble and not Life's a Gas, as I was almost going to say, because that was the T-Rex song. Anyway, Pauline, take it away. Most extraordinary craft You 
feedback there. That is um, Babes in Toyland and that's calling Occupants and that was from an album that came out a few years ago which was a compilation called If I Were a Carpenter which featured um, lots of exciting and mostly American bands covering the work of the Carpenters which is one of my favourite bands of all time but it featured people like Sean Knife, um, Sonic Youth, The Cranberries, um, Cheryl Crow and lots of other bands, but they are mostly fantastic. And the uh, Sonic Youth track called Superstar is particularly worth checking out. And before that, we had Penetration and the track called Life's a Gamble from their album, Moving Targets. This is David East on the C86 show. Now, looking at the time, thinking I must try and get all this interview in and not have it squeezed to the end. I will play one more track and then I'll play the first part of my interview with Pauline Murray. This is from the Copto Twins and this is a track called Those Eyes... Those, oh my god, I can't remember now. What's it called? Those eyes, that mouth. Yes, got it in too. Anyway, take it away, Liz.
And that was the Copter Twins with a track called Those Eyes, That Mouth. That came out in 1986, and I think that was a B-side to an EP called Love's Easy Tears. This is David Eastall, The C86 Show. And uh, we're obviously very excited because this month we saw the publication of a book called C86 and all that. Uh, that was brought together and written by Neil Taylor, who was the NME journalist back in the 80s working for the NME, who helped compile the original cassette that came out and it featured 22 tracks. Since then, it's been repackaged and reissued again on the Cherry Red record label and um, now it's a triple CD sort of box set featuring 66 songs so um if you're looking for a christmas present do check out that um, particular publication yes neil taylor and the book is called c86 and all that and i have got a copy and it is rather splendid so thank you for that neil now our first interview a part of the interview and this is with pauline murray from penetration where i ask her about the recent workings of the band and what they've been up to pauline take it away formed in, well, longer than 10 years, 2000, 2001. So we have been pretty active in the last, in, in that time. We've done lots of gigs. We've really, we released an album, a new album a couple of years ago. Uh, we've had singles out. So we've been pretty active yes. in the last, since we reformed, you know. And um, I don't usually go with these 40-year things, but last year... Uh, I was quite surprised that the London media um, made a, a big deal of the 40 years. Um, and really, it's only going to come about once, so um, we're going out doing some gigs later in the year, and we thought we would tie it in with that. So we're um, actually um, doing some, chronologically doing really early things through right the way through yes so we've recorded uh, three tracks that we did as demos um in early 1977 which never went on to albums and um it was quite interesting to re-record songs that were written at that time and um in some ways um a lot of things haven't changed in some ways yes you know? <laughs> so well, it's quite interesting because cause I've sort of I've been doing this show for a while now and sort of introduced quite interviewed quite a lot of bands and there's always for me what I've sort of noticed is a real five year sort of uh, narrative where bands sort of get together and may, manage to make a sound and then get a single and then the album and often the John Peel show as well. Yeah. But, but then you know it doesn't sort of trying to sort of survive beyond the five years ones five year period is quite a tricky one. So how do it's you, very difficult. You know, and uh, I didn't, I had never sort of appreciated this until doing this show. And then I sort of realised it was like the second album. And there was always, there's a lot of problems often with, with sort of just the admin of um, being in a band with yeah. managers and absolutely and that world, plus the dynamic within the band itself as well. Absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so being one of those obsessive people about music, I had this kind of, wow, they must be great. Who doesn't want to be in a band? And then afterwards thinking, God, that sounds like hell. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm amazed parents kind of encourage their children to play an instrument. I would sort of smack them and say, don't you do that, it will just lead to disaster. But um, there, there, isn't, there must be lots of good moments as well. And obviously you've managed to sort of reform and sort of still doing it. And the Mekons were the same. And, and actually one thing I did notice with a lot of bands is that about five years ago, bizarrely, they, most of the bands did slowly start to come back together again and start making music. So obviously... Yeah, I mean, it, it obviously it's still it's still there, but it's just the process of going through such a sort of lot. Well, I think what happens is, you know, um, generally is, um, you know, your young young kids, you, you've got uh, peer group friends who are into music. Some of them are learning, you know, to play guitar or drums. You get together for something to do. This is what happened with us, you know, and... Um, you practice, you write some songs, and then you start doing some gigs. Um, and you never know where it's going to go, but, you you know, um, you don't have all the responsibilities in life at that point. Usually you still live at home and you don't have those responsibilities of um, paying your rent and everything, you know? Yes. And I think it comes together like that, and then you maybe start to get a bit of interest and... Um, you do some more recordings and then you try to get a deal and uh, it, it 
it's a long haul really because you've got to keep your energy and your focus all all on the band and then you get so far with it and you you achieve certain things you may get signed up and then I think what happens then is um, sometimes different members of the band drop out because they realise that you've got to make a commitment and do it if you're going to do it professionally you've got to put your commitment there and it's uh, difficult to make a living and sometimes members of the band drop out at that point and so the band then has to look for other members if they're carrying on it's a long haul and then you know you may have success with an album but it doesn't mean you're going to have success with the next thing you're only as good as your last record each time um and there's a lot of competition and everybody's trying to get you know get on in the same way and i think for someone like us we were really intense you know i mean we would right at the start of punk and we we thought we could change the world and you know we threw ourselves into it we got right through all the different levels we started in clubs we then went to universities we then went to city halls we signed the virgin we had management we went to america and i think what happens is you you just burn out you you, you're doing gigs all the time uh, a lot of traveling and then you're called upon to make another record and you haven't had time to write it or record it and eventually the pressure gets to you i think if you have massive massive success it's a different story Yes. If you have hits, you know, all along the way and you're able to transcend the struggle. Having done a lot of these interviews with bands over the last year for the C86 show, I've realised that um, life, life in a sort of rock band, indie band, punk band, it um, it looked good from the outside, especially when you're young. But um, speaking to a lot of these people, it was a lot of hard work. And normally, as I probably often say, there is this five-year narrative. Anyway, that's the first part of my interview with Pauline. Um, I'll be bringing the second part after we've had another track from Penetration. This is a track called Firing Squad.
Concentration with the track called Fire and Squad. This is David Eastall on the C86 Show. If you want to contact me, we love your messages. You can contact me via Twitter or Facebook. Go to at C86Show and I will be there. Now, my second part of the interview with Pauline Murray from Penetration, where I ask her about the fickle world that is uh, the music business, obviously, and the ever-changing styles. And uh, one minute you're in, the next minute you're out. Pauline, give us your hot shot. You know, all the while that you're sort of, you know, two or three years into your, you know, pushing your band, there's other new bands forming and they're very keen and trends change. This, you know, guitar music goes out of fashion and synth music comes in and it, it it's, um, I don't know, it's it's um, like a vast ocean of um, activity really and as I say you're only as good as your last record half the time and then I think when you've done it for say three we lasted three years as penetration and then uh, I carried on solo stuff for another two and then I just got sick of it all I just you just feel like you you know it's just very difficult if you're not having the big success and you're not making the money and you just get poorer and poorer in your normal day life, and you think, what am I doing here? Yes. Making sacrifices with myself, uh, and people aren't, you know, they're in the next big thing, or, you know, or perhaps you haven't managed to engage their attention that particular time, or it, it's a very um, tough, tough thing, really. Yeah, well, I, I sort of. Re- I mean, I I dipped out of music for twenty two years. I didn't do anything. I I um, left the business altogether. I um, set up rehearsal studios in Newcastle, which I've still got. I've had that for twenty seven years, and that's how I make a living. And bands come and rehearse, and um, um, and as I say, in two thousand, it was suggested that we got back together, and I thought, mm, I don't know about this. But we never really entered the business again. We do it all ourselves, so we can do things when we want to do them or not, you know? Yes. So rather than back in the day when you first start a band, it's 24-7, it's your whole life. Well, now it fits with my life, I don't fit with it. Because you're out of control of a lot of things. If the record company don't push it enough, if your management get it wrong, you, you know, there's you're out of control of it when you enter into the mechanisms of it all. Yes. Well, I, I sort of remember sort of us, but I spoke to a guy from the, the Railway Children who are based in Manchester who were very indie pop and mm. made nice songs, and then their manager wanted them to support Take That, and they were like, we don't want to... We, you know, they wanted to be more West Coast America and sort of bands like that, and mm. they said, we don't want to really be support and Take That. We don't really want to go to that level. But again, it was that kind of the pressure to do things and always be kind of almost at loggerheads with everybody. Well, you know. yes, it was... You know, I felt like it was constantly fighting, you know, with with the record company and everything. It's like, you know, you, you, you sensed that they'd got it wrong and you had to argue your case. And um, it got very tiring after a while, having to bang your head against this wall to try and get the pure sort of, you know, purity of what you were about through. It's very difficult because it's all just formulas and like you say, you know, they would think that that was great to get offered to take that where the band <laughs> might not feel that suitable and then you have an argument and then you compromise your own thoughts on it all and then you start to become disillusioned, I think. And So, yeah, five yeah. years is usually a span of a band, I think. And I, I sort of did an interview with Viv Orbertine from The Slits and she said that when she finished music, she just couldn't listen to music because it kind of almost made her physically sick. Did you yes. Did you have a similar feeling? Yeah, I did. I did because you can see through it all, you know, once you've been in it, you can see how all the mechanism works and you just get a bit disillusioned. You can actually see through the smoking mirrors so you can't really engaging it as a fan like you once did when you didn't see what was behind it all. Yes. Uh, and, when, and when you sort of, uh, you know, listen to people like that you grew up with, like people like Iggy Pop or the Velvet Underground or David Bowie, I mean, were you kind of more amazed that they managed to survive for so long? Absolutely. 
someone like David Bowie, you know, you think, how did he get through all those hurdles? You know, I mean, obviously it was a different time. There was a lot more investment in, in music, you know, in the 70s. But still, you know, he had to have a manager, he had to have an agent, he had to have a record company. He had to sell enough records for them to take an option for him to make the next record. And to manage to get through a whole career, you know, he had to relocate. He, he, you know, it, it takes a tremendous um, willpower, almost, yes, to yeah. be able to break through all those barriers that come in front of you. And that was me with the second part of my interview with Pauline Murray from Penetration. I've just got one more small part of that interview to go or come, which is going to happen just after we've heard from the Butthole Surfers. And this is a track called Dracula from Houston. And we love the Butthole Surfers. Great big past, little bitty guy on the rim of my glass And gotta meet the plane so I can get my monkey Teach him to be cool but a little bit funky Got no credit and I got no fear And I got about a buck so I can buy a beer Gotta see a doctor about the words I've said And I gotta get a bike and I gotta paint it red Oh no, we gotta go Stepping out of line, playing the end against the middle and losing every time. I was vainous and heinous and crippled and sad. Thought I was invincible, the baddest of the bad. Then I woke up one morning and I stepped out of bed. Had to get a bike, had to paint it red. Excitable stuff. There you go. That is the Butthole Surfers and the track called Dracula from Houston. David Eastall here at the C86 Show. And this is the final part of my interview with Pauline Murray from Penetration when I ask her what she would say to her 18-year-old self. Well, I have two children. My, my, my daughter's 21. My son is 24. Both of them, you know, got into music. My daughter's in a band. And I say, oh, God, please don't get into that, you know. <laughs> 
because I just know how tough it is. Um, but having said that, um, I have absolutely no regrets because the experiences that, that I've had through music, you couldn't buy those experiences, you know, you couldn't pay money for them, you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, you might not have made lots of money, but just the things that we've done, you couldn't you couldn't pay for that, you know. We've had so many different experiences and travelled and been creative. So I think to my 18-year-old self, I would say, well done, really. Um, you know, you've done all right with it all, you know. Um, we still do stuff now, um, coming up to 60. So, I mean, you think I would have had more sense um, but I think if you've got music in you, then you have to, it has to come out somehow. Yes. Otherwise, I think you're not doing yourself um, many favours. You know, I think if you've got the ability, you should really make an effort to try and express yourself. But once it enters into the business world, it's, a, it's an entirely different thing. And that is my final part of the interview with Pauline Murray from Penetration. So big thank you for giving me the time for that interview. And that, sadly, is going to be the end of the show. Well, not quite. I've still got one more track to play. But anyway, this is David Eastall, the C86 Show. Thank you ever so much for listening. And uh, like I said, if you want to get in touch, we always love your messages. You can via Facebook, Twitter. Just go to at C86 Show. And that would be marvellous. Anyway, look, I'm going to leave you with the opening track to the Penetration album that came out in 1978 called Moving Targets. Have a great week. Thank you.